Welcome to Travel First with Alex First. So sad to be leaving Kemi today, in particular Snowcastle Resort and the Seaside Glass Villas. To find out more about Snowcastle Resort and the host of outdoor activities they offer, go to experience365.fi. Experience365.fi. After another hearty and wholesome hot and cold buffet breakfast at the resort, we caught a train from Kemi Railway Station for the hour and a half trip to Rovanemi, where we were looked after by Visit Rovanemi. Rovanemi is spelt R-O-V-A-N-I-E-M-I. Their website is visitrovanemi.fi, where you'll find a lot of information about where to stay and what to see and do. Rovanemi is the capital of Finnish Lapland, boasts a population of 60,000. A five-minute bus ride from the train station and we alighted just outside our hotel, the Arctic City Hotel. Built in 1978, it's a second-generation privately-run establishment with 90 rooms over three floors and a sauna and meeting rooms above that. The Arctic City Hotel has two restaurants, Monterosa, which serves a la carte lapish cuisine, reindeer, salmon, fruits of the forest, and Bull Bar Grill, a sports bar with snacks, burgers and ribs. Soon after, we made our way to Arcticum, a scientific research facility and a museum which has exhibits pertaining to the Arctic, Finnish Lapland and the native Sami people. We were met by our very personable guide, Frank Neuenhausen, who'd spend the next four hours with us. Arcticum was opened in 1991 and is the most popular museum in town. My favourite exhibit was the traditional wedding dress and suit worn by a Sami couple, rich and colourfully decorated, really making a statement. You also have a number of examples of wild animal species, like the elk or moose, the wolverine and the brown bear. During the Second World War, most of Lapland's major buildings were destroyed by the Germans, and you see what Rovanemi looked like before the annihilation. In the Science Museum, you have an installation that shows how much daylight Lapland receives throughout the year. In fact, during the winter solstice, there's one day where you can't see the sun at all. Conversely, during midsummer, for one day, there's sun for 24 hours, which incidentally is the day our guide got married and took a photograph of all his guests at the point of midnight. You're listening to Travel First with Alex First. The building in which Arcticum is housed is special architecturally, both inside and out. It spans 171 metres and features a glass tunnel roof that faces north. It's a landmark of Rovanemi and the first thing you see if you arrive in the city by air. In fact, I very much recall from our visit early last year that the Finns distinguish themselves because of their excellence in design. Next stop with Frank was the Municipal Library, designed by Finland's famous architect Alvar Aalto, who's responsible for creating some of the country's most significant buildings. I have to say I love his work, his style, his use of light, both artificial and man-made, and space, and the materials he's used. In Rovanemi alone, Alto was responsible for six different projects, plus the design of the town itself after the devastation of war. 
He did so so that it resembled the head of a reindeer. The interior of the library, which he designed in the 50s and which opened in 1965, is spectacular. Dare I say, Alto has allowed the space to breathe, employing a number of light-coloured timbers and unique light fixtures to show off the books and the sunken study areas. It's a great place to take photographs. I took plenty. Our third and final stop with Frank was Corundi, which is the town's modern art museum that opened in 1986 and which has a series of ever-changing exhibitions from around the world. Our good fortune was to see some special glassware, native Alaskan art, the work of a Polish illustrator, and an exhibition about love, to name but a few. Also within Karundi is a 340-seat concert hall used by the Rovanemi Chamber Orchestra. That opened in 2009, and like the other buildings I've already spoken about, is distinguished by its light timbers. In this case, a series of coloured panels on the walls give it extra panache. If you'd like to engage Frank as a guide, all you need to do is to go to his website, which is www.afrankidea.com. At 7.40 that night, we walked a few hundred metres to the headquarters of Beyond Arctic Adventures that operates nightly four to five hour Discover the Northern Lights photography tours. That's from the 1st of December until the 15th of April. The minimum number in a minivan is two people, and the maximum in any one group is eight. But of course, they can have many groups. You dress in normal clothing for negative temperatures, and they supply a one-piece heavy-duty suit to put on top, along with boots, an extra pair of socks, gloves, and headlamps. Then a professional guide who reads the atmospheric conditions takes you to two or three different locations to give you the best chance of seeing Aurora Borealis. In searching for the brilliant green sky that comes with the very finest of the northern lights, I felt a little like those tornado chasers in the United States. You know, the ones who drive hither and thither in the hope of getting close enough to a twister that they can all but taste it. Our driver and guide, Marcus Salandpart, was of course searching for clear, starlit skies to present ideal atmospheric conditions for his eight charges to get a really good gander at the Northern Lights. Let's just say, try as he did, it wasn't going to happen. Although, after travelling for more than 100 kilometres, we did finally get to see a few white streaks on the horizon that when captured by professional camera equipment with a 15-second delay, appeared green. Or light green, at least. Truth be told, that rich green night sky experience remains a relatively rare event, but it does happen. Nevertheless, Marcus took photos of all of us against the backdrop of a faint set of northern lights. You could purchase the photos later. Beyond Arctic Adventures also runs a series of other outdoor adventures and expeditions. To find out more, go to beyondarctic.com. The trip my wife and I took costs €125 each. That's about $200 Australian, inclusive of a hot drink and snacks. You've been listening to Travel First. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the full podcast at Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.